You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Okay, folks, welcome back to the Anthony Gordon show under beautiful blue skies here in the city of angels truth be said i i couldn't handpick a, a better guest if we think of the theme of the show what we hopefully try to achieve and someone who can speak from the heart paul greenberg is uh, with us folks in the studio today not only is paul a very very dear personal friend he also happens to hail from Liverpool, which is the British soccer team that I've uh, been supporting since I was a kid in South Africa. And uh, without question, Paul is one of the leading producers, directors in the direct response television space. Now, maybe that's a good place to start, Paul, because the I would say the lion's share of our listeners are in the millennial sort of cohort. And one of the things that we're seeing in that generation is a tremendous response, a tremendous impulsive response to what pop culture is imparting without necessarily filtering it and seeing whether it's in their best interest, whether it's something that in the years ahead is going to be healthy for them. Just for our 274 million listeners that are obviously with us live today. Can you give us a sense of what is the direct response space and to what extent are you tapping into the end consumer really responding on impulse to the the, the work that you produce? So first of all, uh, thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. For uh, sure. Following uh, after such uh, illustrious guests that you've had. Um, I, I would correct you slightly. I wouldn't say that we tap into. I would say we manipulate. Okay. <laughs> that is, that, that, to be blunt, that's what it is. Okay. We, we, uh, the, the, intent, the intention is to manipulate uh, people to get a response out of them uh, directly, meaning right that minute. So when you have a, a direct response TV commercial, right. you're advertising a product that somebody has never heard of, never seen, doesn't know anything about, you convince them to uh, not only is your product good, it solves a problem that they had right at that minute and then gets them to uh, pull out their credit card, pick up the phone, there go to the there. web, buy it right there. They're responding directly as opposed to brand advertising, which okay. may be for, uh, you know, uh, a soft drink or yep. Uh, yep. Um, that you're just trying to get uh, general impressions so that when they're ready to buy a soda, they buy the Pepsi, they buy the Coke, right? So that's the main difference. So let me, let me uh, help our listeners understand why... I think Paul is more than qualified to speak to what the industry is about. Just a little bit about the accolades and awards that Paul has won during his illustrious career. He's, his shows have won nine era awards, and Paul, you'll explain that. I believe those are the Oscar awards, so to speak, the Academy Awards of the Direct Response Television Space, 14 Telly Awards, seven Communicator Awards, six 
Ampex Awards and eight Aurora Awards. So certainly someone who's earned their stripes uh, in the space. Um, just, hey, so- just to say, you know, the awards are nice, but that's that's not what gets me excited. Uh what gets me excited is the first paragraph of my. Uh, <laughs> oh, which, my let, me, let me have the first paragraph. Which, which might give people a little no, bit more sense terrific. of what we do. So, he, he, so Paul, um, obviously the the caliber of guests that we have on the show, we try and have industry leaders and folks that move the dial. So uh, we have someone in the, in the uh, studio, folks, that has launched and created campaigns for over 50 new consumer products that generated over 3.5 billion with a b dollars in sales so obviously not a rookie <laughs> in in the space and someone uh, who's worked with with folks like Shaq O'Neal etc uh, etc et so let's go back to the the philosophy the mindset that you are hoping to create the the what are you trying to create in someone like yourself has obviously had tremendous success in the space so that it hits the spot so that the journey from seeing that your work to reaching for the credit card is pretty rapid so it's a, a- it's an interesting, an interesting business. I mean, it, it's generally it's considered to have a ninety-five percent failure rate. What does that mean? Um, that means that ninety-five percent of all these direct response campaigns fail. Okay. They, you know, you put you uh, you release the campaign into the open. You you broadcast your commercials. Uh, you put out your marketing materials, and you get you know sixteen people respond, uh, twenty people respond, a hundred wow. people respond. That's not enough to make a make a campaign launch a product. Sure. So, uh, I, I've been uh, um, I've been blessed to have a, a much higher success rate than that, yep. and part of the reason is not because I uh, consider myself a, a genius. Um, just ask my wife. Um, <laughs> but um, that's your looks, definitely your looks. <laughs> the, the 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 reason I think I've I've been successful is because I've um, I learned from a mentor a long time ago mm-hmm. um, uh, an interesting concept about, about trying to find out. Um, uh, who, who your audience is, what they want to buy, um, how they buy, uh, what what are the motivating factors, what are the buttons they have to push. Right. It was an interesting story that I saw. There's an old uh, uh, Jewish parable that I uh, that I came across from uh, someone called the the Dubna Magid. People, yep. many people never heard of this, but it's an interesting story where he tells. He's asked. He's known as the the greatest storyteller, the greatest parable teller in the world, and yep. he's asked. How is it that you're such a great storyteller? How is it your stories always hit the mark? And he says, of course, let me tell you a story. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he tells the story of a king who's traveling through the forest. Yep. Um, and he sees a, uh, a tree with a target painted on it and an arrow right smack bang in the middle of the bullseye. target, right in the bullseye. So the king thinks to himself, that's pretty impressive. Anyway, he keeps going on a little bit further into the forest and he sees another tree with mm-hmm. another target with another arrow right smack bang, bang in the middle not a bullseye. millimeter off bullseye so a bit more impressed he comes to another tree and another tree and he comes to a clearing there's a hundred trees with a hundred targets painted on and right smack bang in the middle of every single one there's the, the arrow and and the king calls out and says whoever you are you must be the world's greatest archer i want you to be in my army right who is responsible for this incredible archery and this little eight-year-old boy comes out and says, Your Royal Highness, it's me. And the king says, that's impossible. And then the king, the, the little boy says, no, I, I promise it's me. He says, the king says, well, tell me, young boy, what's the secret of your success? 
He says, well, your royal highness, it's really quite simple. First, I fire the arrow, and then I paint in the target around. <laughs> That's beautiful. So it's a cute story. But, <laughs> but, but what's, the, uh, what's the lesson that can be learned uh, from this? And this is the, uh, the way I apply it in, in the advertising business. Don't look, uh, don't, don't say to yourself, you know, I've got this product. Let me find my target audience. Right. Because if you're aiming and trying to hit this target audience, you have to be an absolute expert marksman. It's a beautiful analogy. And it's, and it's, and it's almost impossible. If you start off by thinking of your audience, your yeah, you know, your consumer as right. the arrow, then paint in the product, paint in the campaign around, around that. that person. Then when the person comes across this target, uh, they say, wow, this is solving a problem that I have. This is uh, uh, providing an exact, uh, you know, um, uh, a product that I need in a format and in a location mm -hmm. that I'm going to be able to see it and be open to it. Um, and then you can start from there building on right. uh, all, all the ways to, um, you know, to trigger them and get them to respond. So you are, Paul, by any accounts, um, one of the, uh, the most successful guys in this business of direct response. For our listeners, can you give us an example of a hugely, you said 95% of these campaigns failed. If you don't mind, give our listeners... That's the, that's the industry, average. industry average. Give us an example of a one of your productions, one of the products that you work with that was not only in the 5%, but was hit at the park. Okay. So I've, uh, I've had a, um, about 12 products that have done in excess of $100 million. So $100 million is considered huge, right? That's pretty, that's pretty big. My, my, in, in, in actual terms, my biggest... Um, uh, product ever actually was something called the H2O mop. It was an uh, H2O mop. It's an electric steam mop, and we did eight hundred million dollars in sales. Um, Once again, I'm missing something. <laughs> it's a mop, electric steam mop. We sold it for three payments of thirty-three, uh, thirty-three. That's um, insane. And we sold them. Uh, we sold them all over the world and uh, in ninety-three countries, um, and we sold. Uh, yeah, eight hundred million dollars worth. I had um, uh, the very first infomercial uh, direct response commercial that I did. So let me was, just understand uh, yeah. this point because I think this is interesting because I'm going to hopefully tack this onto how people think. I think a large amount of our listeners uh, who fall, as I said, in the millennial generation. So let me try and build on this. The someone sitting in front of a television set, okay, and they're watching something which is a mop, which somehow emits steam. Now. Explain to me which lucid and sober person is going to reach for their credit card. And I don't mean to be facetious. I mean, for sure. And, and it's interesting. The, uh, the, the business has changed a lot um, over the last 10 years. 10 right. years ago, pretty much the only way to, to, uh, to consume uh, entertainment at home was through the television set. Yep. Um, and you would be watching a TV show and you weren't expecting it. And the show would come on and you would have to grab their attention um, in a way that they just couldn't let go. Right. Um, now, since the uh, the advent of, uh, you know, uh, streaming and, uh, and online entertainment and uh, mobile devices. So you don't have the same kind of people sitting there. Yep. So maybe I don't know what the demographic is for your for your uh, listeners exactly, um, but they probably don't match up with um, the average TV viewer now. Most of the people yeah, who are watching TV are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Right. Um, and they're the, they're the last group of people that are, that are really you know, watching TV. Um, they have longer attention spans 
to put it mildly, okay. than your average, uh, you know, 18, 20, 30 year old. Exactly. Um, and, and then they're a lot more likely to sit, uh, sit through these uh, presentations. The, the, the trick is that, first of all, you have to make it look like the kind of programming that they would like to watch. Okay, so it has to be- Regardless of what the, the product is. So if you're selling a, um, you know, a set of kitchen knives, make it look like a, a cooking show that they would, they would tune in to watch so narrowly. It's not cheap to put these together. No, I mean, these are, these are, these are you know, high quality, uh, high production value um, uh, productions. It has to be like that. Originally, in, in, when the business started, you know, 30 years ago, you could, uh, you could Slept get away dash. with, right, you can get away with making it look like junk because uh, um, there was still a novelty to it, a novelty to it. And uh, if you could put together a compelling enough um, you know, marketing campaign, right. then uh, the quality didn't really matter. Nowadays, people are much more savvy and you, you have to make it look uh, a lot better. Um, the, the Part of the trick is is finding the medium that will speak to your viewer. So every single time, and, and this is where I also am a little different than the most in our business, um, most people have a formula that they stick to. Right. And they don't, um, they don't feel that they're uh, able to step out of that. We try to... Um, Create programming that may be very, very difficult, different and, and atypical from right and from what you expect. We've had shows that uh, that look like a, looks like you're watching sixty minutes or Dateline. It's an investigative uh, style show That's amazing. Um, where you don't even realize till till much later on. And, and to to clarify for your for your audience, um, a lot of the stuff we do nowadays is is the short form commercials, mm-hmm. the two minutes and one minute. Yep. Um, um, previously, and I still have a little bit of this, but previously, most of uh, a lot of the success was in the uh, twenty-eight and a half minute uh, long-form productions. That's, that's, so that's, so that's a, twenty. That's a half an hour of people sitting there, yeah, uh, which, stumbling onto the show, and then uh, not even realizing they they had this problem, but somehow they see the problem that you present. You see the the the, the product solution that you're and offering, by the, and by the end of the uh, and by the end of it, they're pulling out their credit cards, and you know maybe maybe it's forty dollars for a set of kitchen knives, maybe. It's a uh, hundred dollars for an electric steam mop, or maybe it's yeah. two hundred and eighty dollars for an exercise machine. So let's so let's uh, drilling down in terms of costs. Uh, let's take for example the um, the series of commercials that you did with the Shaq Shaq O'Neal. That what was that considered direct response, or was that right? So that's interesting. So a lot of what Shaq does is uh, the branding. Right, okay. you see him doing a lot of commercials. Yep. Um, th- this product was different in that. You're telling them to, you're giving them a website or a phone number. In this case, it was a, the website yep. that you're giving them to go to. So it's Jack telling you about his problem, his problem he had snoring. Yep. Um, and then uh, very quickly uh, telling you about the solution and giving you a website that you go to where you actually purchase it. Right. Okay. So let's let's talk about our um, most of our 227 million Listeners are. It's gone say, down. It was two seventy four. Yes, yeah. I was just now looking at the screen. Yeah, seeing a few people uh, had to go to the bathroom. So uh, maybe they just don't like all these uh, English and South African accents. <laughs> so what? How can you use your skill? And clearly, you have a, a God given talent, and you've you know you've earned your stripes as a leader in the industry. How do you use your talent? to tap into the, the younger generation, to, to tap the millennial generation. Because th- the folks listening to this podcast, uh, I would say the lion's share are uh, the ages between roughly 17 to uh, early 30s. They unlikely to be seen or heard in front of a television set after midnight. Your skill is decades of understanding human psyche 
how do you parlay that into a way that can focus on the younger generation? Now, it's very interesting because people uh, all the time, you know, I, I get approached all the time, people asking me about, uh, you know, what do you think about this product? What do you think about this product? But then uh, very often I'll be inv- involved in conversations uh, about other things, whether it's, uh, um, you know, a team program that people are trying to put together or someone starting a new business or someone's uh, trying to make themselves uh, uh you know, more, more appealing on a, on a dating site. Sure. Uh, it, it's all the same. Marketing is, um, you know, one of the greatest, most powerful um, forces of sure. the last few hundred years. Yep. Um, and everything is about marketing. So I, I tell people, when don't think about marketing as just selling, you know, product X to person Y. You have to understand that marketing is the process of taking anything in the world yep. and presenting that to another person. So a person needs to be able to market themselves. A person needs to be able to market their, uh, their ideas. Usually the biggest, the biggest mistake that, uh, the people make is uh, they don't know who they're selling to. So the very first person, the very first stage of this is who is the person that you're selling to and make sure you're selling to them in a, through a medium, uh, and, uh, through a voice that they will not only appreciate, but, um, actively look out for. So if you try for, I used a classic example. I saw there was a, there was a product that, uh, people, I was a cooking product and they were trying to say how it, uh, it was great for people with, uh, with arthritis. They could okay. use this part and cook it. The, the video looked like an MTV show. It was obviously produced by somebody who was about 25 years old and it was hip and it was, you know, and, and fast pans and, uh, the, you know, uh, the, Probably, the music. It sounds like it's a disconnect. If you're 60 years old, you are not watching that presentation no matter how phenomenal it is yep so all the time when you want to speak to somebody you want to speak to teens make sure you're speaking to them in a way that they that they speak and listen and uh and want to hear um if they are watching a certain kind of programming make sure make sure your marketing materials doesn't have to be tv it can be a a, a brochure it can be a a flyer it can be an email it's got to speak to them in the way that they they used to they used to hearing and that they'll be receptive yep. and it looks like something that they'd that they'd watch voluntarily. So that that's br- the very first step. That that brings me to a question which I think a lot of people are asking about the space that I'm in, and that's the podcast space. To what do you attribute the explosion of the podcast space uh, in the last several years, where? It seems antithetical. Why? Because it seems like the millennial generation are always on the go. They're always reacting. They, they have a plethora of stimulation from a, and yet they prepare to sit and listen to someone. Now, I understand this show because it's off the charts, unbelievable content, beautiful. But as general, as a general, how do you explain that? That, that there's a, a, a an explosion in the podcast space? Right. So it, it is interesting. Um, and, I hadn't really thought about specifically, but something just um, the, the the first thing that I that I that I really think is you know we talk about people being able to multitask. Sure. In the old days, um, when you were producing a uh, you know like a morning show for the you know which is mostly for the housewives, right. you know, your, your, your Regis and Kathleen. Yeah, sure. if people remember in the old days. Now it's uh, uh, it's a, it's a fresher batch, but the idea was you had to be able to do 
put on programming that they could keep on in the kitchen, keep on in the exactly. living room and background that they can use it. They, they would multitask. They'd be doing something yep. else. So they have to keep it at a certain level that it's, um, um, but then, they can they can do whatever they want to do at the same time. It wasn't too intellectually so, taxing. So the so. first thing is that we have to understand that that the younger generation now is completely multitasking. Yep. Right. It's not just a matter of you know driving to work while you're on the phone and shaving and having your breakfast. Uh, you know while listening to a to a podcast while listening to the Anthony Gordon show. So first of all, recognize that that's what people are doing. Yep. And yes, it's amazing that they're focusing their time on it, but they're not focusing their exclusive time on it. Good you point. also have to understand that. The next thing is that um, when we talk about pr putting out programming that they can appreciate, um, they like hearing certain types of voices yep. and certain types of, uh, you know, uh, programming, sure. which keeps them engaged, um, which keeps them engaged. And, and it's, and, and it's stimulating to them because people do have this need for stimulation that question. Um, and this need for, you know, the triggering thought processes and intellectual stimulation. Yep, yep. Um, there's, it, it's so lacking everywhere else. Very true. But the only way that they can kind of get themselves to do it is to be doing something at the That's same time. Excellent That's, point. That was just the first kind of thing. Um, the next kind of, the next interesting thing is that um, they're generally um, listening to, um, and the podcast uh, producers have become very, uh, very good at this, but creating um, almost internal chapters to the, um, to the programming to get them past the next, sure. you know, the next five minutes, the next 10 minutes. Yep. You see people when they do the binging of their, you know, the Netflix shows, it's always the very last moment gets you, it's the cliffhanger, yeah, to, right? To but that, that gets you over to the next one. That's why you say, oh, I'll just watch the first couple of minutes of the next one to see. And then, right. And it becomes addictive. That's the other thing. It becomes very addictive. The young minds yeah, for are, sure. are easily addicted. And once they get into a, into a, a process of, of, of hearing something, doing something, getting into a routine, there's a level of com comfort. There's the, the dopamine is firing. And so they need yep. to get their fix of whatever that was uh, to keep them going. All the research shows there's a, there's a high level of loyalty in the podcast space. Once they find a show as outstanding as this, they seem to want to continue and listen to the guests and understand that it's intriguing that we're, you know, and, and it builds on that. I think that it's less so than, than other mediums. So, but there's, a, there's also, you have to understand that in, in people's personal interactions uh, nowadays, there's less and less communication you Very see a group cool. of young people sitting there they're all looking at their phones right you go to restaurants and you see people you know husbands and wives and the kids there'll be they six of them sitting around the table all of them are looking at their own phones so people aren't talking to each other anymore but people still crave that personal connection so for a lot of people the podcast becomes this is their friend this is this is where they get their news this is where they can uh you know share their opinions right and they feel they, they're sitting in on the living room of the anthony gordon show and they're That's sort of pretty unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, here's the question which will probably cause you to slam the microphone down and run for the exit. But uh, we're all about trying to ask the questions that I think uh, a lot of the other folks brush under the carpet, and that's the following. People somehow feel that the direct response space, an industry that you've reached the highest level at, uh, at has a tinge of manipulation. And with that, people think, is that disingenuous? Meaning, 
you've got your 65-year-old sitting uh, in on their couch watching the television. So lo and behold, they uh, they see this outstanding production of a back scratcher, and <laughs> and suddenly you know. Uh, Sam realizes that he's had the scratch all these years and uh, his beloved wife, uh, Shelly, you know, has been, has run out of patience scratching his back and uh, <laughs> half an hour later, the credit card's out. Your thoughts on that? Um, look, that's a, a, a classic, uh, you know, problem solution. Is your back killing you? Do you wish you had a person to uh, come scratch your back but can't afford a girlfriend, you know, or a personal assistant? Well, now you can finally scratch your back any time of day or night with the uh, with the uh, Anthony Gordon back scratcher. There you go. If that's a real problem they're experiencing at that moment um, and your product is a genuine solution to that product uh, problem, then... I don't see anything wrong with it. Now, if it's, if it's, uh, if you're selling something that's unhealthy, mm-hmm. um, then, uh, you know, and a person might have a desire for something that's unhealthy, you know, someone has a demand for, uh, you know, get their, uh, uh crack cocaine fix. Sure. You know, that's a genuine, uh, problem they're having. Uh, and, and you're, you have a product that can, uh, can solve that. Um, but, in general, the, the 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 for me the questionable things are when you're selling a product, um, uh, you're solving a person's problem. Are you um, are you being honest in the way you that you, solve the problem? That, that, you that you portray that product? Does it really do um, what you're claiming? So many times you'll see a product that doesn't. It doesn't do what it says, um, and that's disingenuous. The one other thing you have to bear in mind is, especially with older people, um, the, the, there's many studies. The older that you get, the uh, the more gullible you are. Sure. That's the younger you are, the more skeptical you are. Interesting. There's a very healthy level of, of skepticism um, amongst young people, um, which uh, uh, leads them to question uh, advertising and marketing a bit more than than past generations. So let me do the, uh, one of the. Uh, occupational hazards of working with the number one production team in the podcast world, Cast Media, is that the studios are super jammed here. And, so and I you be, didn't pay your rent. The light's about to go <laughs> out. <laughs> so I want to be respectful of uh, the next guest. And so uh, as a wrap-up question, uh, and a question I, I ask all my guests because I think it'll cause you to dig deep, and I think it'll also expand the horizons of our listeners. If money wasn't an option, if money wasn't a hazard, if you had all the dough in the world, where does Paul Greenberg in a perfect world and let your mind and your dreams uh, float free, where would you want to be five years from now, given your God-given talents, given your decades of success in the business, if money was completely not not uh, anything contained you, where would you want to be five years from now? Um that's a good question. Um, the, the very first thing that strikes me is that whatever I would want to be doing, wherever I would want to be, it has nothing to do with work. It has nothing to do with business. I wow. Not that I don't want to be, because I, I love what I do and yep. I'm passionate about it, but that's not the core thing. That, of course, I want to be experiencing success um, uh, in business and, and um, you know, uh, 
being able to uh, achieve certain you know business goals sure. and uh, uh, have the, the big bank balance uh, that goes without saying but that's not where I would think of first I would first of all think about where would I be with you know my kids thank God I'm, I'm, I'm blessed with six amazing children amazing. I would be very um, you know want to be at a stage where my you know, uh, kids are growing up and they're all healthy and I have a great relationship with my wife still. And the, um, you know, the, uh, everyone's progressing, uh, progressing on. My kids are getting married. Beautiful. They're starting to become parents. That, that's what, that's what I think about m- most of anything. So I think that that's a, an outstanding place to wrap this uh, in a ribbon because one of the opening shows that we did on the Anthony Gordon show before we first, you know, we hit our first 100 million listeners was define success and the fact that Paul you are defining success not as a reflection of your bank balance or of your net worth but being around loved ones about your relationship your significant other speaks volumes about who you are the message that we want to impart to our listeners Paul Greenberg an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show this is the Anthony Gordon show thanks for listening until next time thanks for having me Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.